0: This is Jody here again with the Heartway Pastor and Missionary Caregiver podcast. And I'm joined here today for season seven with my wife, Gabby. You can say something. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? I don't know. <laughs> what should I say? Something. Something. <laughs> All right, today um, we're gonna discuss family life. The life of families is another way of putting it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so we're gonna. Going
1: very well already.
0: Yes, very very well. We're gonna start with our family life, and and this season, um, it's just gonna be me and Gabby talking about uh, different topics, and we're going to start with our family life. So, how would you describe our family life, Gabby? (laughs) It's it's picture perfect.
1: You know it. Well, this week... (laughs) um i would say that it goes through phases and i would say this season in our family life is overall pretty calm um, which i appreciate uh we had a crazy season last school semester summer even last fall was pretty hectic too hectic for our family I think. Uh, We are busy way too many nights of the week and weekends and so um, as I thought about this school year and specifically you know starting in August after summer's over I purposely made our schedule not busy to try to come back to kind of the things that I find the most enjoyable and the most beneficial in family life which is uh, quality time at home not needing to rush off to the next um uh, time for rest and time to play and time to cook good meals together and eat together and pray together and you know enjoy tv together and just spend time as a
0: family can't enjoy tv together gabby why <laughs> i'm just kidding
1: I mean, TV is not my favorite thing, but I really do enjoy seeing when something funny happens on the TV and the kids just, like, bust out laughing. It's, like, contagious. They have great giggles.
0: Yeah, we're watching, what, Family Matters? No? Yes,
1: I mean, our kids call it Steve Urkel, so.
0: And we're starting from the beginning and going all the way through it, which wasn't really a possibility when we watched it when we were kids. But it's pretty good.
1: I wouldn't say I recommend the show necessarily for, mm-hmm. for every family. Uh, I would say that it, it does some pretty hard topics sometimes. Um, but it really opens up a lot of good conversations in our family. And our kids are at appropriate ages for that show. so
0: Yeah. Our kids are 13, 10, and 8. And I laughed when I asked how's our family life because i think our family life is pretty crazy (laughs) sometimes and unless you're around us a lot you don't get to see the craziness because the craziness usually is in the car and inside the house with bits and pieces in various places but i would say that's when it's the craziest i don't know if that's the normal thing like for families is it the house life and car life that's the craziest?
1: I would say yes that would be the craziest because like, it's always funny that kids behave the best when they're not with their parents typically but that's because uh, that's when kids feel the most at ease is when they're with their parents. That's when they don't have to be on their best behavior because they know their parents are going to love them regardless. So yeah our kids are just with us normally just in the car and at home so yeah that would be the time where they're going to be the craziest I would say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I think sometimes it gets too crazy. Look too crazy.
1: What do you mean by crazy?
0: Well, you know how it is, sometimes like family life, you can get it like there can just be so much happening at once. Like everyone's At a high level of volume, like, there's a lot of excitement, different emotions, and it can become a lot.
1: (laughs) I have the cure for that in the car. Ready for it. Okay. You just have to put on Pink the Cowdog podcast, and it is so peaceful in the car. (laughs) Hmm.
0: Well, I have not got to benefit from that yet. So maybe next time that's what I'll do when we're all together in the car all right so but but sometimes right there's conflict right just in any any family every family has conflict the question is is not if there's conflict or not because there is the question is how do you address the conflict like specifically let's say between kids because we're talking about family life we have three kids and uh as it you know adults sometimes sometimes not all the time uh can think more about how to solve problems or even if they don't solve them they just bottle it up inside and don't uh make a big ordeal about something they're and conflict about so in a, let's say we're in a car because this is, this is what we deal with sometimes and I think a lot of families probably go through similar things but who is going to sit where yeah. <laughs> who is going to sit where shotgun um, I don't know what do you think about all that
1: yeah um, well I think we had to keep the right perspective. For one, like you don't see adults, unless you're referring to the office of Michael Scott, you don't really see adults fighting over where they're going to sit in the car. So hmm. it's really an age thing uh, and a developmental thing. At that moment, it's really important to them. And so hmm. it's one of these kind of things that like, if you're looking down the road, it's not going to be a big deal a few years from now, but right now it's really important to them. And so having that perspective that this is not going to be your life forever, (laughs) this is just your season, Mm -hmm. I think helps. Um, And then with any conflict, there's no one fix to anything, right? Because each person is so different. And that includes your children um, and situation even, like the situation in which the conflict arises. Um, So obviously it's always really important to not just change a behavior in a conflict But to get to the source of the conflict, which when it's choosing the seat to sit in, a lot of times it's selfishness. We want to sit the closest to the door so we can get out first. Or we want the air conditioning vent. Or um, we want the vehicle to be the exact temperature to make us feel comfortable despite how everybody else feels in the car. Mm. Um, So uh, these things are, um, are just, I mean, ultimately it's being selfish. And so, obviously, talking about um, the root of the conflict, but not only that, you have to model it. Uh, So, sometimes that's talking through your own actions. So, for example, uh, you always really like the car cold. Mm -hmm. You like everything cold. I I don't. Like, I prefer Mm -hmm. things to be warmer. Mm -hmm. So explaining that to my other child who also likes the car to be warmer but everybody else likes it colder that you know what we just make sacrifices because you know we can bring a jacket to put on but they can't take off any more clothes so the kind thing to do for us is just to deal with the coolness or you know you can shut your bed you know giving them some applicable things to try to solve their own conflicts too is a good idea
0: Mhm. so you're seeing try to help them solve the issue instead of solving it for them as the parent
1: yeah definitely
0: well as as they get older maybe it's easier
1: well even starting at a young age you start the training on that um i both of us like we don't want to be we never have wanted to be the problem solver for our children Mm -hmm. because ultimately our goal as parents is for them to be independently able to handle things themselves. So that starts at a young age. So, for example, you know, a kid, when, as a young age, they would, you know, come to you crying because their sibling took their toy. So the first question is, well, did you ask them to give it back? Or, you know, did you offer them a different toy in exchange for it? So teaching them from an early age that, you know, they have some power in how a conflict turns out because they can they have actions that they can do also. Mm-hmm. So that works for some kids, I think. Not all, because some kids' emotions are very big without a buildup. They go from mm-hmm. you know, pretty normal emotions to really big emotions really quickly. And during those times, it's hard for them to be rational. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when you know they might hit right away or bite or scream really loud. Mm-hmm. But it's still a training process. So working back through those conflicts and the things with, with conflict resolution, it might not be perfect. And it might feel like you're not getting anywhere until you do. So mm-hmm. eventually you keep putting in the time. You keep teaching and training. And then all of a sudden it's like they get it. And you're like, wow, yeah, my life has gotten a little easier because I'm not solving every single conflict that happens in this house.
0: hmm. Yeah, I get that. I just, like part of me, I go through. We started with a car with five seats when we had all five kids and everyone had their own seat. And then, but there was still like, who is gonna sit in which place? And then we got a vehicle with seven seats. And there was like, who's gonna sit in what seat? And now we have a vehicle with eight seats. And it's who's gonna sit in what seat. And the funny thing to me is three of the seats are in the middle row, and three of the seats are in the last row. And more often than not, Even though one or more of them, or one, could have the whole back row to themselves, they want to sit overall in the middle row together, but they're still going to fight about it, which is interesting.
1: You're thinking like a logical adult. (laughs) They are not (laughs) logical adults. They're little kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So they see it as not getting their way, and they feel, feel like they're not justified. But ultimately, it's a great opportunity to teach that. It doesn't matter what things you have. It's not going to make you happy. You will never be happy with things. That is not where we get our contentment from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, it's... I mean, it's just a great life lesson for that. <laughs> I mean, we start mm-hmm. off with five seats and, you know, we're fine. We had seven seats, we are fine. We have eight seats, we're fine. You know, it's It's just about contentment. Finding contentment in where you are.
0: Yeah. I, there's something about the selfishness aspect that drives me crazy sometimes as a parent um and and it's not just as like with kids like just selfishness in general is just something hard to tolerate as if you're if you're around a lot of selfishness and it's like contrary to with what christ illustrated in selflessness and I think it makes it that much more challenging. Because uh, it's not just, you know, car. It's a toy. It's who's going to sit where, again, who's going to sit where around the dining room table? Who's going to push the elevator button pers- first? Who's going to um, be the first one to the car? Who? Um, who's going to get the last something bagel from the fridge or the last cookie from the cookie jar. Uh, it's. I feel like a lot of the conflict centers around selfishness. And it's hard sometimes to navigate that. Even when you sit down and you talk to them and you say, you know, Christ is our example of being selfless. This is how uh, selfishness is contrary to Christ's nature, and these are some ways you sh- can be selfless, and that's a way of showing love, which is what we're supposed to do, according to the second greatest commandment. And you can go through all these explanations, and um, and uh, and it just gets it gets tiring. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's good to remember that we are training our children. Um, so we go through process. We go through a process of sanctification. Our kids are also, especially if they're believers, are going through a process of sanctification, and we have a vital role in that because we are literally training our children. So I think it's it's good to remember that if your kids are exhibiting selfish qualities, which more than likely they are. Um, because they are human, and we all are selfish people most of the time, um, that that doesn't make them, that's not their character being selfish. They're just exhibiting selfish qualities. And those qualities you can train differently. By, once again, just reiterating and reaffirming good behavior, and ex- especially changing their mindset to where, like, they're trying to put themselves in somebody else's shoe so they can feel there how that that person's perceiving it mm-hmm. so i think that it gets discouraging because a lot of times we don't feel like we're seeing progress mm-hmm. um but we are it's <laughs> if there's a reason that god has children live with their parents for so long it's not instantaneous but if you think back to like when your kid was a toddler And it really was all about them. If they didn't get their way, they screamed, they bit, they, you know. Until now, your child isn't the same child. They have grown. Mm -hmm. They have gotten...
0: Although sometimes some of those behaviors (laughs) can come back out. Yeah, of course. Um, But they have have changed. And it just
1: takes time. I mean, like, it's just not a quick process, necessarily. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. That's true. And you're always learning new skills and dealing with new challenges. And that's going to be another adjustment period that's going to take time it's not like you've gone beyond learning maybe how to share a specific toy in a specific situation but now you get into a more complex situation that has you know multiple toys in a different situation
1: yeah and I mean it's not just selfishness I mean like each I mean just speaking of our own children we have I would say for one of our children, selfishness is a very big challenge. But for our other children, it's not really that huge of a challenge. They really are not that selfish. They try really hard to help other people, even people in their family. They look out for people. Um, So it's not everybody's challenge. I think it is hard to swallow sometimes because selfishness is really ugly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's not one of those things that you can really hide that well. Or at least Mm -hmm. this particular child of ours does not hide their selfishness very well. And so that seems to be in our face. But uh, it's not... I don't think that... It's not everybody's biggest struggle is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, But... So... If... You know, if, if you're dealing with selfishness in a family, like with kids, is that something that you should discipline over? Or is it something that you should just use words to address and move on
1: yeah um, so I was told by a, a wise person that I respect that when talking with somebody that is being selfish or manipulative or even showing a little bit of narcissism Especially children. Like, they can show narcissistic qualities without being a narcissist. Mm -hmm. And a lot of children do show narcissistic qualities. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're a a narcissist. But anyways. Mm -hmm. That you take the emotion out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of takes away discipline. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're not disciplining the child. You're correcting their thought processes. Mm -hmm. So where they feel like, woe is me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You can explain that, you know, actually that situation... You weren't the person that you weren't the victim in that situation. You know this person you were really rude to this person um, so like for example um, so, uh, Our kids uh, one of our children really wants to play with our other child, but though he wants to play the way he wants to play um, mm-hmm. and he wants his brother to play that way and if they don't play that way this child gets really upset, and that's selfish. Like you shouldn't only want to play your way. Mm-hmm. So instead of you know, disciplining the child, which I mean, in our idea of disciplining, it's doling out a negative consequence, not even a consequence. It's like um, it's a punishment mm-hmm. when you discipline. It's a pun- if you personally discipline, then it's a punishment. Mm-hmm. But um, consequences are different, and so explaining consequences of behaviors uh so example explaining that hey when you play that way you your brother it doesn't it's making him sad like he doesn't want to play that game like it makes him sad he feels discouraged um you know it's just not being a very good friend and then even on the other side you continue playing this way with people the natural consequence is people don't want to play with you you're not going to have friends you're not going to have people that are going to want to play your games because they never get to play anything that they want to play so there's a little bit of difference between discipline and consequences Mm -hmm. and consequences are typically better at changing the behavior in a heart
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there it's like an adult you don't discipline an adult right when you're trying to work through something with them uh, you talk to them and there's natural consequences to whatever's happened maybe there's more boundaries that you set up in the future just like you do with children uh, but in a more adult level that makes sense um, so since conflict is you know just going to be a part of family life and it's not it's not really something we talk about a lot but it, I mean it's there um, and especially like at home um, in the car in situations where I mean, it happens beyond that too but I think that's primarily sometimes there's a negative rep like a negative perception of let's say a family pulling up on Sunday morning to church and the, the, the illustration right that we hear so many times is there's arguing and then it's like oh we're at church now mm-hmm. you know behave put on your best face um, you know is that something that is good for a family to go through, uh, and, and to what degree? Because I, I guess I guess maybe not every family does that. I guess some families come in and it's just as maybe crazy in the car as it is in in the in the wherever they're going, whether it's church or wherever, or it's like an extreme opposition where it was really crazy in the car, and then uh, it's like almost complete opposite that um in the church or wherever they're going um so where's what what we we know it like there's conflict happening we know there's uh, you know that naturally things are going to be a little bit more eventful and a little bit more loud and a lot more going on in a situation where it's just, parents and kids together versus parents and kids in a setting where there's different expectations uh and and an idea to be quieter at times and there's additional rules so what do you think is it healthy for a family to do that where they where they you know almost do a 180 in how they're acting from the car to the church setting or how, what do you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. Um, so for one, I think that anytime that you are performing, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, so your kids can see that. I mean, basically you're being a hypocrite if you are not being true to yourself and especially in church, if you're in a church setting, mm-hmm. um, kids are not dumb they can see that and not only that they're going to copy that and that's not something you want your kids to copy mm-hmm. um, so I, I think a great parenting advice is you never parent out of being embarrassed like embarrassment is not the reason you parent
0: it's not the motivation for right. your parenting
1: so like so our boys um, they struggle with running in church um, uh, some people, some parents don't mind their kids running in church, but we have a role that we don't want our kids to run in church. And it's for m- multiple reasons. I mean, we don't want them running into people. But on top of that, like, I understand my children, and I understand that it's hard for them to know a boundary. Like, they, if they cross a line, it's really hard for them to pull themselves back in, mm-hmm. to be able to sit in church service or to sit in the Sunday school with a calm the, heart. There's no mind. good
0: recovery right. option if they've gone out of the... Because bound, boundaries to keep them somewhat stable, to help keep them somewhat stable, have, aren't in place. So it's hard for them to have an, an, a, a good setting to come back to some sort of calmness during a church worship service or something because they're all they're all worked up they're
1: excited they got a journal and they're running and playing it's fun i mean Mm -hmm. um that's what you do outside on the playground and it's exciting but Mm -hmm. i understand that for our children it's best for them not to get to that point when we're inside of our church Mm -hmm. um so but if i were to parent that because i didn't want you know people looking at me because my kids are running a church so that's the reason i don't want them running in church well Mm -hmm. that's not a good motive and my kids will see through that i shouldn't parent because i'm embarrassed of what my children are doing Mm -hmm. i can parent because i can explain to them you know what i want y'all here i want your mind in a good place i want you to be able to hear what people are teaching you and for you to be able to take it in Mm -hmm. i want you to be able to sit still Mm -hmm. Um, and we know that if you run in church and you get all excited it's going to be really hard for you to be able to sit Mm -hmm. still and listen to the sermon Mm -hmm. um so that's a completely different approach Mm -hmm. As far, if we go back to the car thing, um, you know, I don't know, like I said, I don't know if every family has a big thing with the car. Mm -hmm. I can tell you some of our family's reasons why there is a car issue and... Some, some of it is transitions. Our family, there's a couple of kids in our family that don't do well with transitions.
0: Yeah, and the car is a transition. The car thing. is a transition. Yeah. We
1: have one child that is terrified of being late. It mm-hmm. causes a ton of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So this particular child is normally in the car five minutes before everybody else is supposed to be in the car. So it's already a tense moment before we even get into the car. Mm-hmm. So this is just things we know about our family.
0: Yeah, But
1: we've also learned things to help that. So for one, we know putting on music, Christian music helps.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we learned that um, helping our kids develop a seating schedule helps. They help pick who's going to sit where for how long.
0: Mm-hmm. And they make
1: their own chart. They come up with their own plans on how they're going to work this out. Um, so sometimes we have to step in. But we, there is an understanding that there will be a rough patch on our way to church, which is a 45-minute drive. Sometimes during the 45 minute drive, one of our children is going to sing opera very loudly yeah. Yeah. and our other child who has sensory issues is going to be like, please be quiet. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to find that happy medium of letting our opera child be happy and sing mm-hmm. and being, um, considerate of our child that doesn't like loud noises. Mm-hmm. And then our poor other child is sitting in the middle of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, there's, we like to try to have it come to a conclusion before we get to church. hmm we don't want to be pulling up into the church parking lot with the two kids fighting with each other. Sure, there yeah. There needs to become... There needs to have a time of peace in the car.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, they, they seem to naturally do that eventually. They kind of ebb and flow. And by the time we get, you know, 10 minutes from the church, everybody's kind of calm again. Everybody's kind of taking some breaths. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we're just kind of calmer to go into church. So, I think it kind of naturally happens, too.
0: Yeah. So. I, I, I would say that that's that's a good point those are a lot of good points i think that as far as like transitioning from like one state of a setting like in your car to another setting in a church it's different and there is some like it's not it's not like you said the motivation is uh, embarrassed not being embarrassed or The motivation, pretending like you're somebody that you're not, or that you're in a you know better situation that you are, and trying to mask issues. I think it's just like depending on your motivation, it could just be well, this is you know how things typically go in a car setting, and this is what we want more of like in a church setting, and this is what we want more of like around a dinner table, and this is what we want more more outside playing, and so there's different. Expectations for each setting and so I don't think it's good to be judgmental if you do see like you know people even if it's a couple or kids getting out of car and like you can tell like there was a hard transition coming out of the car into coming into church for whatever reason and that's the thing we don't know we don't know and so there's it's never good to be judgmental I would say that in my time of parenting I've I don't I don't I'm not very judgmental of the way people are with kids um, what does irritate me though is people who are judgmental <laughs> this the it's it's not any better though but that is that's something that can irk me somebody who doesn't know the whole situation and is is judging someone else and how they're dealing it I think that just sets up a really toxic church culture um, Even it. if it's even if it's just interior like all inner like on the outside it smiles and hello, but on the inside the hearts like Man these people like they don't What are they doing? This is not how you should be Or like they need to get their family in order and that's that's not a that's a pretty judgmental attitude and it's not Helpful um so,
1: yeah, I would say that, yeah, judging in any way uh another family it's man that's rough, that's not something that we should do, and mostly because, like you said, we aren't walking in their shoes, we don't have their children, God didn't give us their children, yeah, and God didn't make us parents of those children, yeah, um so yeah, that's, and I think, on top of that, if you there are there are parenting. I see things that parents do that I'm like, hmm, that's probably not a great idea, right? But for one, it's not my place to tell that person that unless they come and ask. Mm -hmm. Um, For two, there's good ways to help with that. A lot of times if kids are being wild and crazy, the mom and dad are probably overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. Um, So offering to help them out with the kids is a much more constructive, like as far as like, you know, hey, can I take your kids um, for to the nursery for a little bit? Can I? Can they come sit with me during church? Um, we would love to have them sit with us. Uh, it's a lot more helpful to once again you're modeling. Um, you can model good parenting to other parents, which is I mean, like that's the best way to learn. Mm-hmm. That's how we learn. That's how I learn. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how most humans learn. That's how most animals learn is modeling, seeing modeling from other people, mm-hmm. and it's so much better than um, just. You know, for one, talking bad about them behind their back, or secondly, just going up and telling them that, you know, you're doing yeah. something really bad. Um, and then again, you're modeling for your kids, too. And they are not dumb. When they see you uh, constantly, you know, smiling at one time, talking bad about the people behind their back, um, even if you're not specifically talking to the kids, but you're talking to you know your husband or wife, the kids hear it. And they're, they're developing um, what they, they're per- developing who they see you are, too. Um, and so that's, I mean, obviously, that's not a quality that many people find attractive. So we need to be aware of that when we are modeling for our own children.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot's, a lot's going through my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think modeling is, is a good option, uh, but we're also not perfect modelers. So we're trying our best. To model as best we know, and with a true representation of Christ and and biblical ideas ideas um, about what we should follow, but um, obviously a good real life example around you is is helpful too. Um, I just, uh, I think I think that's a good a good way to go at it, um, to think a little bit more about how you're, how you are as a family, um, we'll bring it out of, out of church for a little bit, we'll bring it out of, uh, out of the car, and we'll get to the home, uh, what about chores, um, are chores helpful? Are they a good thing? I mean, we kind of already addressed it some, right? Like you're, if your if your goal is to train them, right? And you're looking at parent, being a parent as being a, as you're also discipling, training, modeling for your children, bringing them up in the way they should be brought up, teaching them the things they should be taught. Uh, I mean, part of that would be teaching them to work also. And to take care of, uh, to k- take care of things like we have to as well, um, and and we should. Uh, so, you know, to what degree should chores be a part? Because uh, obviously they should, but to what degree should chores be a part of family life? How much is too much? How do you know? Um, I think we're. I think. I think most of our audience would be okay with the idea of. What kind of chores are appropriate um for age but i i think more of this like how much is too much type of a deal um you know how frequently are they doing chores because it's understood that the chores are needed uh to to be done and children should be a part of that that's that's a that's a that's already expected (laughs) um but but to the, to what degree?
1: Yeah, so I think it's a good question, and I think there are different. It's going to be di- different cir- circumstances again. So we homeschool our children, so that means most days our children are home with us, or mm-hmm. home with me. Yeah. Um, our school lasts from eight to maybe eleven thirty. Maybe we're done for school. Mm-hmm. Um, so my kids are home for a big section of the day. They have plenty of time for replay, plenty of time to be creative. They have plenty of time to make friends. They have plenty of time to lay down and rest, to read. Um, So what my children are expected to do in the house, I don't think every family should have these same expectations. I mean, my kids clean the dishes every single night, um, Monday through Friday. Uh, They are responsible for doing all of their laundry, folding, washing, drying, putting it away. Um, They clean, they take turns cleaning their own bathroom. They take care of all of the animals, including cleaning the cages. They help me put away groceries. They clean the garage. Um, they help me clean up the floors. Um, they pretty much help in every every part of the house that they um, are making messes in or doing things in. They are also responsible in some way to help me take care of that. But again, like I said, they have plenty of time to do that. Um, if a child is in school from, you know, early morning to afternoon comes home and does a lot of homework um you kind of have to think of what is priorities in that child's life um with that being said they need time to rest they need time for their brain to kind of just you know not be thinking of things they need time for their emotions to be able to regulate um i'm not saying to not have chores for children that are gone all day obviously chores are so good they are teaching valuable skills um but I wouldn't expect my child that, if my children went to school, to a public school, I would not expect them to do the same amount of work that I have them do now, just because they wouldn't have the time to do it. Um, so I think it's really gonna depend on each family. I do highly encourage coming up with appropriate amount of chores where it allows a child to partake in the family. They are a fam- part of the family, so therefore they should be pulling some type of weight with the family. Um, and then also having that time to be able to relax and be a child also because that's important. So um, I think it's, I think a good rule of thumb is that you're not, you're not picking up the slack for things that they are personally, they personally should be doing. So for example, their room, they should be keeping their room clean. I mean, they're making that mess, they should keep that room clean. Mm-hmm. Making their bed, they should be responsible for making their own bed. Um, even doing their own laundry. Uh, again, we started at a pretty young age. Our youngest loves to change clothes a million times. And <laughs> you know, I could I could get... I did get upset at first. And then I'm like, you know what? I don't have to get upset about this. I can just have him do his own laundry. And yeah. you know what? Problem solved. He cleans his own clothes. And, uh-huh. you know, I don't... It, he changes as many times as he wants. It's not going to affect how much laundry I have to do. Um, so, I do think there's some chores that should just be a given cleaning if they have their own bathroom cleaning their own bathroom because basically that's teaching responsibility yeah Um,
0: so I guess maybe we should bring up age because I I know that we have a variety of different listeners and some people have kids some don't Uh, some people have grandkids some people are may have kids in the future Um, so you have a, a wide audience and you know, at what point is cleaning the room an expectation? Or I guess maybe it, it should be from even a, a very young age, but to define it might be a little bit different based on the kid. <laughs> but, you know, the, the expectation though, what is, like, how clean, like, uh, you know, what, what is a made bed going to look like by a four-year-old? Or what is a clean room going to look like for a three-year-old? You know
1: yeah. yeah I think as soon as a child can make a mess like uh, like they're up walking they can make you know some kind of toy mess they should have some part of cleaning it up now does that mean that they dump their whole container of blocks they're gonna be able to pick up all of their blocks at one years old no but they can come in and help you like you can encourage them hey come put a few blocks in here as you pick up the majority of it um and I think that is a healthy way to start showing them you know how to pick up after themselves Um uh, even even little toddlers in my house, you spill your water cup. Oh, it's not a big deal, but you're going to get a rag and you're going to help me clean it up. It's not a big deal. We'll just pick up our mess. So it starts early. And for us, like we, I mean, like again, like, again, like I said, personal responsibility is important. So if you make a mess, you just help clean it up. It's just not a big deal. Um, so, yeah, age appropriateness, though, like what you are going to expect a three-year-old is not the same as an eight-year-old. Uh-huh. And it should definitely grow with your child. Um, so if a three-year-old, if you ask your three-year-old to go in there and make their bed, and they do any attempt at making their bed, you should, you should congratulate them for helping make that bed. Um, obviously, if your kid is eight and they're producing the same amount of work, that's not a congratulations that say, hey, we need to work on this a little bit better. This isn't quite, you know isn't quite up to what I expect from you Mm -hmm. um but yeah I think starting at an early age you know kids like cleaning at a young age too like it's something that's fun for them so kind of take advantage of that as you're training them so expectations um have to be obviously lowered if you're somebody that struggles with perfectionism um so in our our family I don't (laughs) like I don't have a a big thing and about being perfectly... I, I
0: used to be more, but now I feel like with age, I'm less with bomb. I think that. I
1: finally wore you down there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, like, there was a time in our family where um, cleaning the dishes in the afternoon, like, from, like, 2 to 3, worked out the best for our family. Because that's when our kids were in the best moods. That's when, like, they weren't super tired. They didn't want to spend time with their dad after dinner. Like, they really wanted to spend time with their dad after dinner. So, like... They didn't want to do dishes then. So from 2 to 3 is when they'd wash dishes. Well, I cooked dinner after 3 o'clock. So what that ultimately meant is that the kitchen was dirty overnight. Like they had our plates and whatever dishes they used to cook dinner. And they wouldn't wash them again until the afternoon the next day. And it was a phase, like maybe, probably close to a year, that that's when they would clean the dishes. So I had to be okay with that. Like I had to come that it was okay if I didn't go to sleep with my kitchen perfectly clean um,
0: if you went to sleep yeah
1: yeah that it wasn't perfectly clean when I went to sleep like mm-hmm. I was gonna wake up to some dishes mm-hmm. and I had to be okay with that and um, you know I we, we went through that phase and luckily now they they're quicker at washing dishes so they can get them done quicker after dinner so you know now I get to wake up to a clean kitchen when mm-hmm. most time but um, and I would say that I said the kids do the dishes from Monday to Friday mm-hmm. I still think that kids need breaks so, Saturday and Sundays, uh, I do the dishes. So, it's good at, like, showing them some, like, grace and mercy, too. Like, I explain to them, hey, guys, I know that y'all get tired of doing all this work, too. So, in the weekends, Mom will take care of it. During the weekdays, y'all take care of it. Um, so, there's, I think there is just different phases in life. And um, just being understanding of where your kids are. But ultimately, kids should be responsible for, especially for the things that they mess up and the things that they do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, don't, I don't want this to go super long, but there's one more thing that I think we should address a little more. So, family scheduling, family time. We kind of adjusted a little bit from the beginning that, like, this year we wanted to be less busy as a family with scheduled things like you know sports can be a big thing or just any extracurriculars um, not that we don't do extracurriculars we just try to rein it in uh, and make it applicable for our family of three and i know there's some people listening to have more kids i know that there are some people listening to have less kids but the reality is is even with one kid you can you can overdo it um, or you're just not spending time with each other, um, and so, you know, what should be our goal for spending time with our with our with our family? What is what is quality family time look like? Um,
1: yeah, and for some families, I think quality family time can happen on the sports field. Like I think they do yeah. quality family time mm-hmm. out there. For our family specifically, um, quality family time is when we're together, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so All of us. Are, yeah. yeah. Um, so like last, I uh, will just use a spring uh, semester, it was pretty, it was decently crazy. So um, one of our sons had soccer practice a couple of times a week. Um, another son was in Boy Scouts we had games on Saturday you know churches on churches on Wednesday
0: had uh, we had a daughter that was in a bowling league on Saturday mornings
1: yeah. so there were several I told I was telling you like mm-hmm. by the end of the semester I'm like we're eating dinner together as a family like one time a week and it was just something that was just not okay for me yeah um so that that's I fam- spending time with each other is so important um, you won't ever get this time again like you're never going to have your family like this again they're going to grow up you know, mm-hmm. they're going to grow up and God's yeah. going to have plans for their life so this this time that God's giving you you're not going to get back um, and I'm sorry I'm a little selfish I don't want to give it to a soccer field or to a soccer coach or to um, you know I just, I just don't want to give it away really easily mm-hmm. I want to be very mindful of the time that is That we give away Um, so with that we like I said we scaled back it was a sacrifice this semester for sure I mean our one of our sons is very into soccer and and you know we're taking a break from a a league this semester because we wanted to readjust and see what's going to go on in the future we just wanted I wanted time for our family just to to be together so I think that for each family, it's, it's just going to be important. I think that quality family time is when your time's spent together. So if that means that you're out at a football field together watching, you know, one of your siblings play, that definitely can be quality time. Like that can be quality time for people. Um, but it was not quality time for us to have everybody in every direction possible. Um, and I feel like that's probably what a lot of families are doing nowadays. Um, and that's just busy and you know how fast life goes when it's busy yeah. um, and, and you know you can think back to examples, Jesus wasn't busy <laughs> Jesus did not you know, he was only, his ministry only lasted about three years and he was not frantically running around everywhere he was very mindful in what he was doing yeah. and uh, I think that we can follow that example
0: yeah, I don't I, I think especially like being in Russian culture for a while and even a lot of cultures outside of U.S. culture um, tend to be like... There's just less expectations on the amount you're going to get done uh, in, a, in a period of time. And so people don't try to fill every single empty space with things. But here, I feel like it's a cultural battle. Um, and it... I think it... I think it I feel like there's hope in the future. Like, I think some generations are kept catching on to it a little bit. But at the same time, it's... If it's not coming from like us as, like, families, like this busyness, but it's coming from, uh, you know, organizations. It's coming from the organization's expectations. It's coming from the government and and the school's expectations. It's coming from... Other things and so it is it is kind of a battle you do you do have to stand your ground more I feel like in 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 our society to not be overly busy there's not uh, it's not set up that way the length of school days the the frequency of school days the amount of things happening in the evenings, the expectations of weekends. Like, when I think of just, like, if I were to think of an average family's life in, in, in America, I would think that there's very little quality family time during the week. And there might be weeks where there's just no more, There there might be more weeks than not in a year where there's just no quality family time at all. Uh, apart from saying, good morning, good night. Um, and and just like the types of conversations that you need to have to function. But nothing really enjoyable and just enjoying each other's presence. And so, for a family that's trying to navigate that, like a young family or um, in, in, in any situation, what... What are some things they can ask themselves or what are some, you know, some expectations that they should set or, or shoot for potentially if, if, if they want to make family time more meaningful, family time more, uh, um, I don't know, prevalent in their, in their life?
1: Yeah, um, well, it's... It is fighting against culture for sure, because um, the culture is gonna make you want to put your kid in anything they're good at or want to be in. But <laughs> we know that that is not what's best for our families. Um, and also, I mean, it, America is overall a capital. It is a capitalistic country. Mm-hmm. So that is the mentality of the country. Is to they they want your money. I mean, the reality is, is that these these organizations, these you know, softball leagues, these you know. They just, they swimming. me, they want your money. So, um, it's going to look really enticing too. Um, but you, I think trying to understand the culture that you want in your family, um, how do you want your kids to view their childhood? How do you want to view your kids' childhood? Like, what are you, the memories that you want, you know, when you're 60 years old, what do you want to think back on with your kids and remember? Like, what do you want to be those memories? Um, I tell people like you're making memories it's your choice whether they're going to be good memories or bad memories regardless you're making memories right now Yeah. and so I think just once again just being really mindful of what is important to you and your family and um, and then the time you know don't just say no to everything and then you know waste your time on your phone or watching TV Mm -hmm. Um, spend some time with your kids Uh, Mm -hmm. get to know them as actual people Um, Like, love on them, find their interests, uh, you know, do things with them. Uh, Overall, kids are pretty cool people. I mean, they're pretty... I mean, they're creations that God made, and they're really unique. And God has given them to us to raise and to get to know and to parent. And it's really a blessing if you take the time to get to know these kids and to to understand who they are. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I guess they're all right. (laughs) right. I mean, I like them, but... (laughs) yeah they're good this year we've incorporated sometimes more than others
1: (laughs) not kids more than others just times more than others yeah that's what (laughs) i mean sometimes they're
0: sometimes they're more enjoyable to be around than others
1: yeah i agree i think it's something else that we did is um we started just one time a week because sometimes like you have these big plans you're like i'm gonna read the bible with my kids every night
0: Um, Some people do that, by the way, and that's okay.
1: I think that's lovely. I think that's really Mm -hmm. good. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't, like, obviously, I'm not saying you read the Bible with your kids every night. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this, our kids did Bible studies independently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, that's great, too. And, of course, Jenny and I do Bible studies independently. But um, this past, like, the last couple of months, I'm like, so once a week, on Tuesdays, uh, Jody's not here, here so he doesn't get to participate but me and the kids we make a pot of tea <laughs> we sit at our table and we read a chapter out of a book of the bible like right now we're reading through James and you know you we expected to just go like you know I'm just thinking oh maybe like 45 minutes we've been at the table for like two hours because the kids like they just really like it they like to like tear it apart and like explain things in their own ways and i get to see how their heart and minds are working and it's just been really cool to see that and of course our youngest one is like has to go to the bathroom a million times and you know we make him read the chapter with us we split up the verses and we all read some but you know that's probably about as much um focus Mm -hmm. as he has (laughs) he doesn't really give much into the conversation but he's there and he sits at the table and he drinks his tea with us um so, it's something that we've really enjoyed, and it's something that we have definitely kept up, because it doesn't feel like such a burden, because it is just one time a week. Um, so, I, I, and it's just one chapter out of the Bible. Um, so, I, I recommend doing something like that. You know, if you wake up on a Saturday morning, you have nothing to do, you know, to sit down and read the Bible together, you know, just a small section, and just kind of discuss it, discuss it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I know, I know families approach that differently. Um, but the main thing is just, uh, kind of find out what you want as far as quality family time and how often discuss that with your spouse, uh, get on the same page, like, you know, work through a plan together and then, you know, start implementing it and discussing it with your kids as well. Um, you don't have to keep them out of the loop now, of course you can you know explain at age appropriate levels um things like that but kids kids get more than we give them credit for sometimes and so yeah i think I think that's that's a good that's a good way to address that um obviously a whole lot more could be discussed on on family life, but I think it was worthwhile to discuss just to get us thinking a little bit more about it um you know, usually we we it, it gets put on the back burner in some ways because there's so much other stuff going on, and a lot of times there's survival mode and things like that. Um, especially and in, 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 as families get older and kids become more independent, it doesn't mean that family time should disappear. It's just going to look differently. And I think we have to, you know, actively fight against our, our families getting torn apart by technology to where we're not interacting um, very much anymore. Uh, even parents and kids as they get older. Um, and that's probably a whole nother discussion. But, yeah, I've enjoyed it. And uh, we're going to keep doing this season, season seven. Um, what we'll do, uh, we'll discuss a different topic next time, but hopefully we can do about one of these a week or one every other week, something like that. And, um, and we look forward to future discussions. Thanks Gabby, um, for helping yeah, no problem. and, uh, our dachshunds getting a little impatient with us tonight. She's like, it's, it's, you guys have been talking too long now. It's, it's time to pay attention to me. So, uh, until next time, this is the Heartway, uh, podcast where we seek to help with issues at the source.